1: You're listening to the Auburn
0: Express. What's up in War Eagle, War Report family? You got Ike Jones. We are here. It is another morning drop. Today, we're talking a little bit more about the matchups that are going to be happening this Saturday as Auburn takes on Samford. Game three. Y'all know how we do right here. War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Are, are now, now listening, listening to, to the War Report. Drop. Morning drop. It is Wednesday morning, September the thirteenth. Ike Jones, Mike G. We are in here talking a little Auburn versus yes, Samford. Ah, you know it's. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend like I'm like super excited about this game. <laughs> For sure. This game doesn't evoke a lot of passion. But it's going to be an interesting game, I think, because there's just a lot of unanswered questions around this team right now, and we are running out of time to figure out answers for those questions before the rubber meets the proverbial road here. Uh, So Auburn versus Sanford this weekend going to be a matchup that let's be clear, there's no reason Auburn should lose this football game, right? So like absolutely none. Yeah, we're talking about matchups, but. I mean, there there's no there's no matchup that exists out here where I'm looking at it and I'm saying Auburn really needs to look out for blah blah blah. But just because I don't want to disrespect the Samford Bull Bulldogs, who let's be clear, they gave Georgia a tough time for the first half of that game last year when they played them. Um, they have been known to come in and spoil some parties around the country. They played Auburn tough a few years back when we had to play them. Mm-hmm. Um So, you know, despite me not feeling some kind of way about it, the team can't go out there and feel like, oh, we're just going to they need to go out there and handle business. Uh, But we'll see how they play. Mike G, how are you feeling about this? Well, before we do that, we got to do the necessary. Share the video. Get somebody else out there involved in the conversation this morning. Auburn versus Samford. If you're listening on podcast, make sure that you share that podcast link with somebody out there. Like this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel for our podcast listeners out there. Give us a five star review if you love what we got going on so that other people can find this in their podcast feed. But now Mike G, how are you feeling about the matchup this
1: weekend? <laughs> Uh, well, look, at the end of the day, here's what's happening. Uh, this is a tune-up game for Auburn. This is your last chance to tune up before you enter SEC play. you got to go on the road to College Station, and Auburn still has some things to figure out offensively, Ike. Uh, you know, what we saw against Cal wasn't good. Um, uh, you know, both from so both from a schematic standpoint and uh, I think from a personnel standpoint, you have some things that you need to work out, and this is your last chance to kind of do it. Now, I don't know that you learn a ton. This is something that we talk about in these matchups because you should dominate this team physically. Right. Um, And from an athletic standpoint and a talent standpoint, how much do you really learn? Well, here's how Auburn learns. Devil's in the details. Right. Uh, How well do they execute the details of the offense? Right. You know, know you can complete passes against this team sure but how precise are those passes how precise are the routes being run you know uh uh, you know are blocking assignments being picked up uh you know it's going to be about like you absolutely pulverize a team like this when you not only have more ability but you execute at, at you know precisely and at a high level so that's what I think fans need to look for on Saturday. They need to look for how precise does Auburn execute the details of the offense that they're running? Because, uh, you know, uh, uh, this, you know, maybe they can line up and run all over them, but I think you need to take an opportunity to make sure that you're fine tuning your passing game, going to SEC play. Uh, Hugh Freezer has said this. He said, teams are just not going to let you line up and do one thing. Right. Right. So you've got to be able to do it. Get these guys the reps, figure out something at receiver. He said five and six are our best. But outside of that, we just haven't seen a ton of production. I don't know if that can continue. He also mentioned that those guys are not built to play on the outside because of their height and catch radius. Mm-hmm. So does, is Nick Martiner close to being healthy? Where is Koy Moore? You know, are we going to see more of Camden Brown? Shane Hooks so far has not had a ton of production. Jair Shorter, all these guys that were talked about all spring, where are they? in the right. passing game so they've got to figure I mean, that out we've barely
0: thrown the football i mean good grief man like i don't need 94 temps, yards 94 yards. is 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 like what 40 or 50 something stupid like that on the on the year so far
1: yeah it's not like listen uh, the amount of yards they put up against Cows was pathetic through the air well and, and there's no other way to put that it was not good they were the worst pass defense in the pack last year awful in a conference that gave up eight 3,000-yard passers. Right. Cal fans were like, oh, I thought you said we didn't play defense. No, you don't. This is Auburn just blowing. Did they really say that? Yeah, yeah. People were coming at me because I had posted that graphic of the past defenses in the pack. And I was like, this, they, they don't play defense out there. It's the only way you have eight 3,000-yard passers in your conference. Yeah, no, they they absolutely did. This was – if if Cal fans think Saturday's
0: – this past Saturday's result was because Cal was so good on defense, then – Okay.
1: I don't know what to tell you. Right. So, <laughs> okay. all, you know, the point is coming full circle back to Auburn has to execute at a higher level than they did against Cal. And they were lucky that it didn't cost them to win on Saturday. Um, They are, uh, you know, I know Cal's kicker missed all those kicks. That's part of the game. So no excuses. You know, you got to make kicks. Uh, They had a kicker that didn't hit them and they lost. Um, But Auburn is very fortunate that that was the case. I think, you know, nine times out of 10 with any other power five school you go on the road and you play like that you're going to get beat so they're fortunate to be at two and zero, but they but those mistakes are going to start to cost them if they don't execute the details at a high level moving forward so that's that's what i'm looking for on saturday
0: yeah it's definitely going to be a necessary especially considering you know talking more about sanford and the team that they are facing uh Last couple of years facing offenses similar to this have not been a favorable outcome. Sanford runs an air raid style offense. So it's going to be a lot of uptempo, which we heard our defense struggled with during uh, the fall. And I mean, well, during spring as well. So they're going to be running a lot of tempo. They're going to throw the ball a lot. Their quarterback is Michael Ayers. I think is how you pronounce his last name. H-I-E-R-S. Uh, and he, he's going to he's going to let it go. He's going to go out there. They're going to throw a lot of quick game. They're going to try to get the ball out to playmakers in space. Uh Um, And Auburn's going to have, this is going to be a test for our secondary and for our players in their stamina, just being able to keep up with the tempo. For me, when you're running tempo stuff, uh, a lot of it has to do with how conditioned your defensive line is your front seven to be able to disrupt and make sure that that quarterback Uh doesn't have clean views of what's going on. They need to be able to get pressure on this quarterback and make it where he's he's getting it out quickly and then they're tackling quickly so mm-hmm. that they're not able to get the ball downfield. Agreed. Uh, So looking forward to seeing how they're able to do that. Uh, I know we were talking a little bit before you said you had some stuff that you want to do from a statistics standpoint about Sanford. Is there anything in particular that jumps out to you uh, when you're looking at Sanford from a stats?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, this team is averaging four point six yards per carry on the ground uh, right now. So uh, you mentioned that they're an air raid offense when you look at um, their line they're protecting the quarterback at about a 75% clip. So he's under pressure 24% of the time. Uh, He's not, you put pressure on him, he's going to fold. That's what the numbers say, right? Mm -hmm. He is well below 40% uh, under pressure. Uh, And uh, he has not turned the ball over so far this year. So uh, he's got six touchdowns to zero interceptions. Obviously that's going to need to change. Um, and his adjusted completion percentage is around 74%. So this is, an, I mean, an okay quarterback relative to the competition that they're playing. But I expect Auburn, similarly to what they did to Cal, to get on him. Um, uh, they try to push the ball down the field quite a bit you right. Uh, right. So, I mean, on the season, he's already got 17 passes of 20 or more yards. So they will try to test you deep. Um, And Auburn, I don't expect Auburn to give him the type of time that it's going to take for them to pull off those passes. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they play in this one. But uh, this will be about the rotation of players, obviously. Uh, And, uh, you know, on Auburn side and then try to stay healthy and don't get anybody hurt on defense, especially uh, moving into Texas A&M. Yeah, I think health is really going to be the biggest
0: thing that I'm looking at in this game. Like who is going to play? Who are they going to rest? And uh, are there going to be players that just for whatever reason are sitting out this game and it's going to impact the product that we see on the field? You know, how many of the young guys are we going to get out there let them get experience? And is that going to be? them trying to get some younger guys out there because they may need them later in the season? Or is it just, hey, we're resting guys this week for Sanford? Because listen, man, that, that trip out to Cali is hard. It's difficult coming back the other direction and getting your body back accustomed to this one and then getting ready for another game. So this mm-hmm. week is probably tough in preparation for guys just getting your 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 body back on schedule even to play this game coming up this Saturday. So I think this weekend is going to be very interesting to see how it looks and then from an offensive standpoint, uh you know you know we know what Sanford's offense is going to look like. There's not a real reason. Look, Sanford just lost a game to Western Carolina in the SoCon. Um, They're in the the Southern Conference there as well. A team that Sanford was picked to win this game pretty handily. Like Sanford's a a team that they expect to win that conference, and they lost to Western Carolina. Um, From a defensive standpoint, they gave up 30-something points in that game. Like they got beat handily against Western Carolina. Is Sanford going to be able to stand up to us defensively? The answer to that should be an emphatic no, right? But the question is, because we feel like we should be able to do whatever we want, are we going to take this opportunity to say we're going to work on our left hand? Uh, you know, We're going to go out here and we're going to work on the thing that we're not really good at or we haven't Mm -hmm. done well, and that's the pass game. Are we just going to go out here and try to throw the ball around a lot and see if we can do that? Because Sanford has not been great against the pass so far this season. So are we going to go out here and try to work on that?
1: Yeah, they've got to, I think. I think it would be a mistake to, you know, even though you should be able to to go out there and just run all over this team. You've got to try to execute some version of your offense um, that you're going to try to execute against A&M. They're not going to, you know, the coach understands they're not going to let you run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Um, They're going to try to stop that at some point. And, uh, you know, for me, this game is a litmus test for Peyton Thorne. Uh, hear me out. I, he was handed the starting job before the end of fall camp. Um, you know, the, the purpose we were told was to get him to stop pressing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in my opinion, he's still not there. And so this game has to be, if this is your guy you're moving forward with, this game has to be about getting him there. So this is game three. You bring Peyton Thorne in because he was supposed to immediately raise the floor for you offensively from that standpoint that's what you're supposed to do right and whether the co it it hasn't happened so whether it's coaching or scheme or player you've got to figure out you got to figure you had to take steps towards figuring that out on saturday yeah and that's what i mean when i when i led with saying this is about the details right it should be easy to execute the details against a team that you overmatch both from a physically and you know and from a talent standpoint should be easy. Right. Go out there, make good throws, you know, make the right reads, give guys an opportunity and end this game by halftime so that we're looking at the backups. That's what this game has to be about for them. So we'll see if they can make that happen.
0: Yeah, it's going to be um, imperative, I think, this weekend for that offense to get on track and get some sort of rhythm, some sort of continuity, because Texas A&M. Not just that it's a road game, but it is a road SEC game. It's the first SEC game of the season. A team in Texas A&M that I think has already kind of got their backs against the wall early this year. I mean, it's not the end of their season just because they lost to Miami. But we talked about this in the preseason. It could get very interesting in College Station if Texas A&M drops the Miami game and they lose to Auburn. Two and two going into you know week four of the season is not where they want to be. Right? right. So they don't want to be in that position any more than we want to. We don't really want to start a uh, one in the SEC, but I think it becomes that much bigger a game for Texas A&M. So that team's going to go out there and they're going to be fighting like hell to make sure that they're not in that position. Auburn needs to have some stuff in gear before heading into that game. So to your mm-hmm. point. If the precision of our execution isn't there versus Samford, we can't expect for that to just turn on versus Texas A&M on the road.
1: Yeah, absolutely, right. Um, I think that's well said. At the end of the day, you are getting pretty close to the "you are who you are" portion of the season after Game Four. Yeah. So you know, expecting teams to be somebody different the rest of the year after the first third of the season—I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying you know, uh, whether, again, whether it's code, the good thing about all this is what we've seen is mostly correctable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's mostly correctable. And yeah. I think the the opportunities there. are there. You just have yeah. to take advantage of them. So it's not like you have to,
0: you know, and that's, this is something I said to be will on Monday and I'll reiterate again. It's, I don't know that you necessarily have to run different plays. You just got to take advantage of the stuff that's out there for you more consistently. Now, play calling does need to improve. I think mm. that we need to figure out, and Coach Freeze has said this himself, get the ball to the guys that are being playmakers for your team better, more consistently say, okay, we're going to look to, so, you know, hey, we've gone a couple of drives here and we haven't put the ball in Jay Fair or VAR's hands. Let's go run a screen and get the ball in their hands and make them go, let them go do something. We didn't get uh, Fairweather a single target or touch until the second half of the second game. That can't be a thing that we continue to do. Let's go, let's make sure, hey, we're gonna do something to go get the ball in Rivaldo Fairworth's hands. At mm. least he's gonna be option number one on this play. And if it's not there, then you check it down to this, right? That needs to be a part of what we're doing on a like we're we're cognitively going into the game saying we're going to do this at given points. We're gonna take a shot right here to VAR down the field. We're gonna give, you know, the back show, hey, third and two, we're gonna put Shorter and uh, hooks in the game, and we're gonna have okay. Which side are they playing solo to? All right, great. We're back shouldering on that one, or we're we're throwing the fade route on this one instead of, you know, just being more aware of down distance situation and who has not gotten touches and spreading around the ball to the people and putting them in positions to be in places that they are most effective more often.
1: Yeah, this team has passed for seven hundred and fifty-eight yards so far this season Sanford. Uh, yeah. Sanford has. Uh, so their leading receiver is Ty King, he's got 157 yards on eight receptions, 13 targets on uh, their second and third leading receivers are at 135 and 134 yards respectively. Um, so those guys uh, are averaging 12 to 20 yards per catch. Uh, they're going to test. They're going like, it's, it's, you know, it's unfortunate for them. Uh, this, this will be strength on strength. Uh, in terms of the offense. So what you're going to see is you're going to see Sanford try to push the ball down the field against an Auburn secondary that has been pretty stingy so far this year. Um, And they played well. So uh, I anticipate, Ike, another pick six this Saturday.
0: I I'm looking forward to seeing another I, I want to see multiple interception
1: game again this Saturday.
0: Yeah, they, yeah. They're gonna, I, they're gonna throw the ball a bunch. So you're gonna have a lot of opportunities. Let's take advantage of those.
1: Yeah. Uh did you pick you picked Keontae Scott for uh No, I had Jay Simp as the guy who I thought was gonna have the most interceptions. Most interceptions. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Um I think maybe Keontae gets in on the action if he's healthy this Saturday. Uh but it it should be interesting to watch. It should be fun to watch. Uh, this secondary versus this particular offense. I think, I think they're going to get tested. The only way they don't really get, you know, the ball thrown at them is, is if Auburn is just in the backfield wreaking havoc on this quarterback. Uh, And if Cal was any indication, they certainly can do that. Uh, The continued emergence of, of, uh, Asante is going to be interesting as well, too. He should go out there and wreck shop on these guys. And yeah, it, it, it should be a fun one. It should be over quickly, and everybody's going to be out on tumors throwing toilet paper by yeah. halftime. Right. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm
0: looking forward to it. Um, cause again, I, I don't, I, I do not want another Georgia State game to happen where we obviously are better than this team. And we, again, we potentially have some guys out, and that makes the defense look terrible. And now all of a sudden we're in a mm-hmm. freaking slugfest with a team that we should have dog walk off this field. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how this works this weekend. I don't care if 50% of the starters don't play this game. Auburn should win this game handily just off of talent alone. But to your point, again, I don't want to see them sit too many guys. I need to see us execute well, then get the starters out of there. And let's see what we got with
1: the rest of the guys. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Drop. We are going
0: to go over to our comment section and we are going to hear what you guys are talking about. Unless you keep talking about Mike G's shirt, because I don't care. Uh, Dana Jones is (laughs) talking about, I want to see passing early and often in this game.
1: They have got to establish a rhythm. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. They've got to, they've got to, you know rhythm and flow, <laughs> rhythm and flow. <laughs> uh, they've got to have some flow to the offense uh, on Saturday. It just it, it can't look like it did against Cal. So I agree. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the penalties uh, that albert saw, I think when there's no flow to your offense, you see stupid penalties. Yeah, you know. So um I'm looking for that, and then to play a clean game as well. Yeah. No dumb yeah, penalties I, on Saturday. I, yeah, I want to see another mistake.
0: Well, not free, but very limited mistake game as far as procedural penalties. Like, I don't want to see the whole everybody on the offensive line moves and then we snap the ball two seconds later thing. I don't want to see us getting lined up improperly or having a false start. And I don't want to see us having silly holding calls, right? Like holding calls are something that I'm not necessarily upset at, but the silly ones like, you know, uh, you know, not to single him out, but just in giving a general thing on the one on Miller, Xavier Miller, where he's seven yards downfield and it's not really going to help the play very much. Uh, those kind of holding calls. I want to see that not happening this weekend as well. Yep. Eric Montgomery says, do you think we see a similar game to UMass where they play a lot of players, i.e. three QBs, or do they focus more on the core players in developing a rhythm?
1: That's game three, so I think you focus more on the core players and developing rhythm. Uh, You've got to get Jarquez Hunter in the flow. He had a bad start to the Cal game. Yeah. yeah that, um, that's going to be interesting to see how they
0: handle the running back rotation this time. Are they going to start quiz again? Or are they going to say, hey, let's bring him off and, and you know, he's going to have more prep time this time, hopefully. But still,
1: yeah. 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 He's, you've got to get him in some kind of rhythm uh, and then you've got to figure something out at receiver uh, play. Other playmakers need to emerge at receiver. I We can't go and It's game three. So you can't go another game without Rivaldo Fairweather getting some targets right some serious targets I mean not a single catch in the first game and then literally had the game-winning catch in the second game right. this is got you you've got to get get your guys in the groove headed into Texas a and because I'll tell you what he could not have been happy with the game plan on Saturday he yeah. just could I, I mean on the first Saturday against yeah. UMass I wouldn't yeah. have been happy You know, I I come here, I'm clearly the best tight end, and then I don't get the ball thrown at me. What is that? Right? And I get trying to save some things, but ultimately these guys want to play it in the office to get some of the ball. So they've got to get the ball to him on Saturday. Yeah, they came here.
0: Listen, players came here with the expectation Hugh Freeze is going to air it out. Mm -hmm. We're going to get the ball. That's why I'm here. And if we're not going to do that, and people are like, what, what did I come here for? Right. And right. Un- unfortunately, that hurts you going forward. It hurts you going forward when you're talking about trying to recruit other guys. And it's like, oh, maybe this isn't the the Hugh Freeze of old that's going to put up 40 points a game. And we're going to be slinging it from having thousand yard receivers and all that kind of stuff. They got to figure out how to get this stuff in order and, and get the offense moving. Uh, Dana Jones once again says, let's see a deep ball on the first play of the game. I wouldn't mind them taking a shot early. We yeah. haven't shown that we're going to do it. Who's
1: your deep threat, right? I think, again, uh, Malcolm Johnson played like 16, 17 snaps uh, against Cal. Uh, if you're still struggling at wide receiver, put Malcolm out there. He looks capable against Nass. I just don't like, you know books shorter how, how long how much longer is it going to take for these guys to come along you know it, there there was a feeling on this team ike that there was not a ton of talent right and so far a lot of the stars have been guys who were existing right hear me out right all the guys balling right now for for real for real mostly are the guys who were existing on this team yeah. prior Right. So I didn't like that narrative. You and I talked a lot about the messaging, you know, when it comes to recruiting or, you know, or the future of the Oh, we need guys, we need guys like we need guys. Well, OK, yeah, but you have guys. You have some guys, you may not be very deep, but at the one deep, Auburn is still pretty talented. So some of these dudes who maybe got overlooked a little bit. Need to get a second look in this one, if you ask me. But there's no reason Malcolm Johnson shouldn't be playing if you're struggling at receiver this bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. Get get some guys in there. Let them go ball. Uh, TK says we will nuke Samford and clear the bench. Sorry, Samford, sacrificial
1: lamb. Bad. Uh, That's what it should look like. But it should look clean though. A clean nuking, right? (laughs) (laughs) Destruction, but clean. Uh, Mike G. uh, I don't know what's going on here. Completely Perfect. undateable.
0: 100% bum. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, let's see. Got a few, uh, get a few scores, at least let Holden run the vanilla offense just to, just to let us see it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, more Holden Gurner. <laughs> we talked about this. We talked about this. I felt like he had a good camp. Um, there is a narrative about Holden though, that I want to address mm-hmm. that when the bullets are flying, he's not good under pressure. It was developed uh, based on a very small sample size against the Missouri. Right. And I do not agree with it. I don't know how anybody is saying he's not good under pressure at this point in his career. Are you gleaning that from practice? You can't be because of how we're hearing he's doing in practice. You can't hit the quarterback anyway, but you're not. Like, I mean, what in-game action do you have to say this guy's not good under pressure? So I'm not, I'm not convinced of that narrative just yet. I, you know, I'm not saying, yo, know, he's, you know, you know, I, he, he's Ice back there, but right, I just don't know that we've seen enough to make that judgment. I see a lot of people making that judgment. It's been said that Holden is like said by who and based on what? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, if it's the small sample size of like five plays versus Missouri, then that's not very fair, especially considering what our offensive line looked like last year and how good Missouri's defensive line was. Yeah. So. Uh, Chris S says, obviously you pl- don't play starters in the second half with a 28 point lead. So talking about wanting to get these starters out there, get them some stuff and Agreed. as much work as possible. But hey, we got a 28 point lead, pull them out and uh-huh. get some other guys some reps. That's the interesting thing about the whole Holden thing um, uh, you know, going back to the last comment. It's going to be it's not to say that Holden won't look good it, with starters, but it's going to be hard to judge. And what the narrative is going to be is that, oh, he did that against their second string, though. So he, you know, let's see what he would do. Or it's just Sanford. So, of course, he's going to look good in that scenario. The the question for me is not so much will Holden look good versus relative to the competition, but just how well is he operating the offense? and. Right. How quickly is he getting the ball out of his hands? How accurately is he throwing the ball in those scenarios? Because just because it's it's the second string of whatever team it is, whether it's Samford or we're putting, you know, the hands to to Texas A&M on the road next week and they get a second string in there. I don't care who it is. The question for me is still going to be how well do you operate the offense? And does that warrant him getting a chance to be able to play with the starters again? I am not advocating for benching Peyton Thorne game three of this season. If you hear this and you hear me saying that, you're not listening properly. You're you're inferring something that I'm not saying. I'm saying that it's hard to gauge anything based upon second string duty. So, yes, we want to see it, but temper what that expectation or what that leads you to believe about his ability to perform in a game. But the question you should ask yourself is, do you feel competent in his ability to operate the offense? And Mm -hmm. then now can we see that against better competition and does it translate? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Cool breeze says two interceptions this weekend. I like it. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Um. In response to who is your deep threat statement, bankroll block A says JJ
1: is the deep threat. Speaking of. Tell Hugh Freeze. <laughs> Tell you Freeze that. He's, he's, not only he said those guys aren't deep threats, he's just saying on the outside. Mm-hmm. They're not built to play on the outside. I mean, you can be a deep threat, I guess, from the slot to some extent, depending on how the play is drawn up. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Malcolm's still the fastest dude on the team.
0: Yeah, Malcolm is definitely zone. a guy who can be a deep threat. And and listen, I don't know how wh- whether or not it's his speed translates because I haven't seen him out here running any deep threats. But Jair Shorter definitely had the most yards per catch per, per reception last year of any player. So clearly, he knows how to be able to catch the ball further down the field. Can we mm-hmm. see him potentially getting some opportunities to do
1: that? And is game? he hurt? Has he? He's been dealing with injuries. He's right? been
0: playing though. Whether he's dealing with injuries or not, he's been out there. So is Cam. So listen, man, throw him the dang ball. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Last one I'll throw in here is Steve Bradley says, I got me fired up yesterday on the 7-11 non-pass play. Ridiculous for sure. This week needs to have – needs to – this week needs – Plenty of work. Okay. I um, think he had an extra word in there, but what he's referring to, if you are not a member is yesterday on the watch the film thing, I was talking about uh, one of our receivers was open so long. He could have opened a Seven Eleven. He was, just, it, that's how, how,
1: long. I was like, what kind of
0: terminology is that? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was just saying, I mean, he could have opened his own convenience store. He was open. He had a 7-11 open. Mm. He was, and it was, he was open for a very long time on play when did not get the ball. And I was just like, yo, what is happening right now? So, uh, definitely some things that need to get worked out. But if you are, uh, not a member, then you wouldn't have had an opportunity to hear that 7-Eleven comment. But uh any last thoughts before we get out of here this morning, Mike?
1: Auburn wins big, right? But they've got to win clean and they've got to take steps toward figuring out personnel and who they're gonna be on offense. I mean I I don't know if I don't know if Auburn has an offensive identity just yet. Yeah no, we haven't established one. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see if they can help establish that on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Time to get out there and show it. Let's let's stop all of this. We're holding something back. Let's, it's time. We ain't holding nothing back. Let's get to it, man. All right, but we are going to get out of here. We appreciate you all dropping in with us. As always, The Morning Drop is sponsored by RogueShop.com. Make sure you all head over there and use code RAPORT. When you do that, let's know more Rapport sent you. America's number one online dispensary is RogueShop.com. We will be back at you all tonight with the Midweek Rapport. Make sure you guys are tuned in right here, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Share the video before you get out of here. Like the video before you get out of here. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Give us that five-star review on the podcast. We'll holler at you guys next time. As always, War Eagle.